the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. As has be, been the case for a while now, we're going to share the headline news in the first couple of segments of this first hour. And then we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. Sprinklegate is one of the stories we're going to be covering. You're not going to want to miss that. And in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll share the uh, this week's Christian Outlook. We'll hear from uh, Merrill Matthews of the Institute of Policy Innovation to talk about waking up the, uh, to the threat of China. And we'll hear from KT McFarland. She was Deputy National Security Advisor for President Trump. She'll talk about the greatest geopolitical threat our nation has faced since the Cold War, and that would be China. And we'll hear from Michael Kruger, author of Men are you submissive about submission to the gospel that's all coming up in the five o'clock hour of today's program i also want to remind you that october is pastor appreciation month and we are offering a pastor appreciation rest and relaxation getaway during this month you can show love to your pastors who uh, rather when you enter the pastor's appreciation rest and relaxation getaway Giveaway. Enter uh, your pastor's uh, chance to win a seven-day getaway for two to the cold. That's the ministry of the uh, Billy Graham Association in North Carolina. It includes airfare, meals, and a $500 Visa gift card and more. So show your pastor you love and appreciate the work that they do, the commitment to, to service, and so on. Enter today at kpdq.com. So that's a pretty cool thing. Well, in the headline news, Bill Clinton has been hospitalized in California with a non-COVID-related infection. The former president remained in a California hospital early today after being admitted earlier in the week for a non-COVID-related infection. On Tuesday evening, the president was admitted to um, UCI Medical Center to receive treatment for a non-COVID-related infection, his spokesperson said. In a statement on Thursday evening, he is on the mend in good spirits and is incredibly thankful to the doctors, nurses and staff providing him with excellent care. University of California, Irvine Medical Center in Orange, California, confirmed that Clinton was being treated there. Uh, The former president is 75. He was in Southern California to attend private events related to the Clinton Foundation. The Los Angeles Times reported he was admitted to the hospital after feeling fatigued following a gathering with some friends in Orange County. Well, a source close to the situation says it was diagnosed as a urological infection. That's the one of the benefits of having been a president. You have no privacy in these areas. Anyway, it's morphed into a broader infection. Sepsis is what I'm hearing. And as you can see in his statement from the doctors, the prognosis is good and they hope to have him home soon. Some suggesting as early as today. He's up and about joking and charming the hospital staff. End quote. Well, just around midnight on Friday, California time, the former secretary of state, Hillary Clinton and her aide, uh, Huma Abedin, she, uh, was seen leaving the hospital, departing in a motorcade that was accompanied by local law enforcement vehicles. A reporter at the scene said Mrs. Clinton appeared also to be in good spirits, chatting with others as she exited the hospital. 
In other developments, the former president has a history of serious health issues. You might recall he had uh, heart issues uh, some years ago. The Czech president has been hospitalized, which could affect the formation of a new government there. And a Texas candidate, Alan West, spoke out against vaccine mandates after his hospitalization with COVID-19. Well, Sean Hannity ripped shadow President Ronald Klain for dismissing inflation concerns. In his monologue on Thursday, he identified White House Chief of Staff Ronald Klain as the puppeteer behind the actions of the cognitively impaired 78-year-old President Joe Biden, calling out the Delaware Democrats' longtime confidant for dismissing the American people's concerns about rising inflation. Klain, who served as Biden's vice president, uh, presidential chief of staff, as well as President Obama's Ebola czar, retweeted a hard Harvard professor who diagnosed the current inflation spike as a high class problem on Hannity. The host said Klain's seeming ignorance of the economic plight of working class Americans under Biden wasn't to becoming of a leader. If you are a middle class or low income American, you are in trouble. Thanks to the president. He is the one who gave up the energy independence. We he inherited. Hannity went on to say shadow president and master puppeteer puppeteer. So kind, so thoughtful and loving. Ron Klain believes uh, we smelly Walmart shoppers of America that cling to God, guns, Bibles and religion don't need to worry about inflation, end quote. In other developments, Geraldo Rivera slammed a top Biden aide for having a uh, Marie Antoinette vibe. The Biden administration chief of staff is being criticized uh, all around for endorsing a tweet claiming inflation is, well, a high class problem. Jen Psaki defended the White House chief of staff um, uh, and his tone deaf inflation tweet suggesting that he was just misunderstood. A top White House official retweeted a post calling inflation and supply chain issues high class problems. So it continues. Well, the Giants and the Dodgers uh, postseason series ended on a controversial strike three call. San Francisco Giants first baseman Wilmer Flores had the tough task of keeping the team season alive in the bottom of the ninth inning in the final game of the National League Division Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers and Max Scherzer. Well, many MLB fans watching the final pitch in the Flores-Scherzer matchup believe the um, infielder deserved at least one more shot to see if he could keep the Giants rally going. With two outs, two strikes on Flores, Scherzer fired a pitch that appeared to be low and outside. It appeared Flores checked his swing, but home plate umpire Doug Eddings, he consulted first base umpire Gabe Morales, who ultimately ruled Flores went around and struck out. While the play is um, non-reviewable and fans were upset. Victor Davis Hansen says San Francisco has turned from paradise to purgatory. Don Lemon denied CNN lied about Joe Rogan's COVID treatment after claiming the podcaster took horse dewormer pills. The Biden and Supreme Court Commission opposes adding justices. Some on the left are really upset. Well, the uh, Grinch won't uh, won't have anything to steal this Christmas, we're being warned. And as yields rise, some U.S. banks are shifting cash to treasuries. Employers are knocking, but millions of Americans aren't answering. And Goldman Sachs executives are pretty peeved about having to move to floors with rank and file workers. Now, that's a real high class problem. Chuck Schumer uh, has scheduled a vote on the controversial Freedom to Vote Act. 
The bill is motivated by nullifying the vote integrity measures put into place in states like Arizona, Florida, Georgia and Texas. Schumer on Thursday said, I'm announcing that the Senate will vote on moving forward on the Freedom to Vote Act on Wednesday. The Center for American Progress boasts that the act would counteract anti-democratic laws passed by legislatures in at least 17 states where those decisions Uh, should be kept, that are designed to suppress voters of color, voters with disabilities, young people, and members of other historically underserved groups. The bill has uh, been modified, but Minority Leader McConnell clarifies it still makes Washington bureaucrats the de facto board of elections for all 50 states. You can read more on that in the Wall Street Journal. Well, the Chicago Police Union is pushing back against vaccine mandates that would sideline half of the department. Spencer Brown says included in Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's mandate is the city police force. But the union president representing them is calling for officers to defy the requirement to submit their vaccination status to the city by midnight Friday. City employees, including police officers who do not attest to their vaccine status by the deadline, will be placed on unpaid leave unless Lightfoot alters her mandate. That's the hope anyway. Well, the Chicago uh, police officers who are still working after all the force uh, has been through in the recent years do so because something more that, um, than the fealty to a union or a political leader. The real police among them will be on the job because their community and their brothers and sisters on the force are counting on them. That doesn't help Lightfoot, who may be scrambling to protect the city come Monday. President Biden has continued his mandate push, issuing new orders for the Labor Department. The New York Post reports that in a brief six minute address to the nation, the president on Thursday said that he has uh, his private sector COVID-19 vaccine mandate will take effect soon to address the unacceptably high number of people who don't want to be vaccinated. Conservative Brief says this, the Labor Department is going to soon be issuing an emergency rule for companies with 100 or more employees to implement vaccination requirements in their among their uh, with their employees. He said as he uh, touted the success of vaccine mandates, he gave the approximately six minute address to the nation and then took no questions from reporters, as has become his habit. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll take another segment to look at the uh, the day's headlines. Then we'll uh, switch and look at the lighter side of the news and share this week's Christian outlook in the second hour. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Well, COVID's risk to kids is minuscule. Therefore, we should not mandate vaccinating them. Well, that's the argument from Bethany Mandel. She says, unfortunately for many Americans, this is new information, thanks to the fact that unlike uh, Leonhardt, too many in the liberal media have pushed in hysteria when it comes to kids and COVID, and it's uh, skewed the way parents are, re- uh, are relating to the subject. The information is out there. That's not the problem. The problem is the refusal of thought leaders in the media and government to adjust their rhetoric on kids and COVID, which has resulted in real consequences for an entire generation of kids. More on that in Newsweek magazine. Well, a transgender doctor who does sex change operations is warning there's no room for dissent and gets immediately marginalized. Well, Dr. Marcy Bowers told Abigail Schreier, there are definitely people who are trying to keep out anyone who doesn't absolutely buy the party line that everything should be affirming and that uh, there's no room for dissent. Bowers said, I think that's a mistake. Well, then the uh, two leading associations on transgendered issues released a statement Approving the doctor's point, diminishing engagement in the lay press 
um, and uh, opposing the use of the lay press, either impartial or any political slant or viewpoint as a forum for the scientific debate of these issues or the politicization of these issues in any way. Rod Dreyer says, got that? Don't talk about these things in the lay press, they say. Trust the experts. Well, the experts are silenced unless they follow the party line. I don't trust the medical experts on transgenderism, and I don't trust the media to tell us the full story around trans issues. They are not after the truth. They want to support a narrative. You can read more on that in American Conservative. Warning, prepare for winter heating bills to soar. We just ordered some oil for my household, a lot less than we anticipated, and we paid a lot more. The Associated Press writes, with prices surging worldwide for heating oil, natural gas and other fuels, the U.S. government said Wednesday it expects households to see their heating bills jump as much as 54 percent compared to last winter. Nearly half the homes in the United States use natural gas for heat, and they could pay an average $746 this winter, 30% more than a year ago. Those in the Midwest could get particularly pinched, with bills up uh, an estimated 49%, and this could be the most expensive winter for natural gas-heated homes since 2008-2009. Katie Pavlich points out, during his first week in office, President Joe Biden banned new natural gas drilling and exploration on federal lands, limiting the supply available to Americans. After months of lost production and a lawsuit from affected states, the ban uh, was struck down by a federal judge. Meanwhile, President Biden announced a major wind initiative uh, from the White House Thursday morning. He also has been begging OPEC to produce more oil. Representative Ashley Hinson says it's disturbing that President Biden asked foreign nations to increase oil production instead of using domestic energy solutions like biofuels to meet our current fuel challenges. Well, Clint Eastwood has come under criticism over comments he made at the Oscars in 1973. Some of you weren't born yet. Well, actor and director Clint Eastwood has been targeted by a cancel culture on social media this week over a clip from a night uh, from the 1970s award show. During the ceremony, Clint Eastwood joked, I don't know if I should present this award on behalf of all the cowboys shot in all the John Ford Westerns over the year. Boy, that's pretty offensive. Eastwood has not reported losing any sleep over the matter in 2021. An associate reportedly uh, shuffled money between Joe and Hunter Biden accounts, making the president a potential target of an FBI investigation. Andrew McCabe, the disgraced FBI official fired by the Trump administration, has had his pension restored. And Chuck Schumer plans to vote on the uh, on his phone election bill um, compromise next week. Democrats have flip flopped on contempt, seeking it for Steve Bannon after opposing it for Eric Holder. Blasted Afghan mosque uh, blast there killed 37 as Shiites are targeted again. And nearly half of the Taliban government's leaders are designated terrorists. No big surprise there. Maybe the fact that it's only half. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has been on paid leave for months amid supply chain crises. And he said very little, if anything, on the subject. The U.S. wholesale prices rose a record 8.6 percent over the last 12 months. 
President Biden is pushing vaccines for small kids and a judge sided with New York health care workers seeking religious exemption to the vax mandate. A judge blocked United Airlines from suspending employees over the vax mandate and urging officers to hold the line. The Chicago Police Union president told officers to resist the city's vax requirement. Nursing schools see a rise in applications despite covid burnout. Well, in an example of systematic injustice, Loudoun schools did not record multiple alleged sexual assaults over a period of years. An appeals court kept the uh, Texas pro-life law in place and an L.A. city councilman, Mark Ridley Thomas, has been indicted on federal corruption charges. A South Lake, Texas uh, school leader told teachers to balance Holocaust books with opposing views. Huh. Threatening messages have been directed at a Rhode Island teacher who opposes uh, critical race theory. And Walmart's critical race theory training encourages employees to accept that white is not right. That is not only offensive to Caucasians, it's offensive to me as an African-American and certainly the God who chooses which race we fall into. SBC Executive Committee President Ronnie Floyd has announced his resignation. That's the Southern Baptist Convention. And the Biden Supreme Court Commission opposes adding justices, but not before blaming Republicans for polarizing, uh, polarization rather, over the judiciary. Well, on this day in history, 1783, the first manned balloon flight takes place in Paris as Jean-Francois de Rosier, something Very like that. Ascends in a basket attached to a tethered hot air balloon, rising to about 75 feet. 1976, we've skipped quite a few years there. In the first debate of its kind between vice presidential nominees, Democrat Walter F. Mondale and Republican Bob Dole face off in Houston. And we've lived with the consequences ever since. 1991, despite sexual harassment allegations by Anita Hill, the Senate narrowly confirms the nomination of Clarence Thomas to the U.S. Supreme Court, 52 to 48. 2009, a report of a six-year-old Colorado boy trapped inside a runaway helium balloon engrosses the nation before the boy, Falcon Heen, is found safe at home in what turned out to be a hoax. 2017, actress Alyssa Milano tweets that women who had been sexually harassed or assaulted should write Me Too as a status. Within hours, tens of thousands took up the hashtag Me Too uh, using a phrase that had been introduced 10 years earlier by social activist Tarana Burke. 2018, Massachusetts Democrat uh, Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren releases a DNA analysis that she says indicates that she has some Native American heritage. Well, the move was intended as a rebuttal to President Trump, who had mocked those claims. A Stanford University expert would conclude that Warren had a Native American ancestor who probably lived six to ten generations ago. Some have disputed even that claim. And finally, on this day in history, 2018, Paul Allen, co-founder of Microsoft, dies in Seattle at the age of 65 from complications of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Well, as I mentioned, a 36-member commission formed by President Biden to study potential reforms to the U.S. Supreme Court has warned that expanding the number of justices on the court would be seen as a partisan maneuver, according to non-binding preliminary draft materials detailing the panel's discussions. The materials released yesterday are the first glimpse the public has received into the discussions of the panel, which was established in April. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Wednesday that the materials had not been submitted to the White House for 
edits or feedback. Our objective here is to allow this process made up of a diverse range of experts and voices to move forward and represent different viewpoints. And we're not going to comment on it or the president won't comment on it until the report is final and he has the chance to review it at that point in time. So I expect that will be the case at some point soon. Well, the Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, Advisory Committee on Friday endorsed an emergency authorization for the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine booster when they administered at least two months after the initial dose among people ages 18 years and older. The vote was 19 to 0. The recommendation is not final and will go before the FDA to issue an official decision. The FDA's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee was charged with weighing whether safety and effectiveness data supported an emergency authorization for a booster shot at two months following the initial dose stemming from a trial involving 30,000 participants. The panel's vote on Friday applied to all individuals ages 18 and older, while the panel's previously endorsed authorizations for the Pfizer and BioNTech and Moderna booster shots across certain high-risk groups like adults over age 65, people ages 18 to 64 at high risk of exposure, and severe COVID-19 disease. Well, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit said Thursday it will allow Texas heartbeat abortion bill, which allows private citizens to sue providers who perform the procedure after a fetal heartbeat can be detected to remain in effect while it considers an appeal of a judge's order blocking the new law. The court issued a two to one order siding with the state of Texas, refusing the Justice Department's request to reinstate an earlier court ruling that had blocked enforcement of the law. The order was backed by Judge uh, Judges James C. Ho, who was nominated by Donald Trump, and Katharina Hayes, who was nominated by George W. Bush. Judge Carl Stewart, a nominee of Bill Clinton, dissented. Well, Thursday's decision comes after the same panel last week issued a temporary decision to reinstate the law after a federal judge in Austin temporary, uh, temporarily halted the ban. Well, a new survey indicates that most Americans feel safe going back to church. Pew reports, plus regular attendees trust their their pastor's vaccine advice more than almost any other source. Well, the year and a half into the coronavirus pandemic, most churchgoers think it's finally safe to be back in the pews. And despite prominent clashes over COVID-19 restrictions and vaccine exemptions, regular attendees largely agree with their congregation's reopening plans and trust their church leaders' advice on whether to get the shot, according to a survey released today by the Pew Research Center. Those who go to church at least once a month were as likely to trust their church's guidance as they were public health officials, the survey found. The only group that deemed more trustworthy was that of their own doctor. Overall, more Americans who attend religious services at least monthly express uh, trust in their clergy and religious leaders to provide vaccine guidance uh, than say the same about their state elected officials, their local elected officials, or the news media, the researchers wrote. Well, the findings back up the uh, strategies of faith-based vaccine campaigns, which continue to urge leaders to share resources or speak about their decisions Uh, to get the shot, whether from the pulpit or one-on-one in conversations with congregants. Across traditions, U.S. churchgoers were far more likely to say their pastors encouraged at 39% rather than discouraged the vaccine at 5%, but the majority said their pastor didn't say much either way. Black Protestants were most likely to hear pro-vaccine messages from church leaders. About two-thirds say their church promoted vaccination. The topic came up the least among evangelical Protestants, with around three-quarters saying their pastors didn't really weigh in 
about vaccination. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. When we return, James Blend will join me and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show, which means in just a moment, James Blend will join me and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. First, I wanted to remind you that a weekend to remember, it's coming up. If you could boost the success of your marriage, would you take advantage of the opportunity? Well, Family Life's uh, Weekend to Remember is a great opportunity to make an impact on your marriage. I've been, I know many of my friends and pretty much every member of my family, my generation, has attended November 19th through the 21st at the Red Lion Hotel on the river. That's Jansen Beach. You can improve communication. You can resolve conflict in biblical ways or at least learn how to increase your commitment to your marriage, resulting in deeper intimacy and find out more about weekend to remember at kpdq.com. Let me encourage you to do that. If your marriage is great, this will only strengthen it. If you're struggling a little bit, this will only help you to know how to address those struggles and to succeed in your marriage. KPDQ.com. Well, joining me now is um, the producer of the Georgine Rice Show, who has also been and will be for the next few weeks uh, an engineer of this program a few days uh, a week, James Blend. Welcome. Well, it's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you. Uh, taking a look at some of the lighter side of the news, uh, here's a story I thought you might find interesting. A British bakery has been forced to pull its top selling cookies from the market. After regulators informed the owners that the sprinkles that they put on their cookies, yeah, sprinkles like you would put on your cookies, are illegal. Illegal. They're illegal. The U.S.-made sprinkles contain a coloring that's legal for some uses, but not for sprinkling. Oh, interesting. So know the law, even if obscure laws that you may not know exist. Rich Myers, who's the owner of the Get Baked Bakery in Leeds, disclosed the recent setback on Facebook where his uh, updates um, on what he calls Sprinklegate have been defined by frank talk and occasional heartfelt, well, bad language. He says the decision is a huge deal for his business and also, well, annoying. He's a bit more colorful in his language. Customers often ask for raspberry glazed donut cookies for a birthday Bruce, or rather, or a birthday Bruce. It's a towering slab of 12-layer chocolate cake. Both of them prominently featured the outlawed sprinkles. Well, the donut cookies, Myers added, are not only our best-selling cookies, but they're utterly sensational. But for now, they're off the menu. So this has real economic impact. It's highly unlikely that we will find any legal sprinkles that we will use as a replacement, he says. British sprinkles just aren't the same. They're totally off, and I hate them, end quote. Well, wow. I mean, I guess he has standards. I, I didn't know that there was a big difference between British, British and sprinkles and uh, American sprinkles. We're number what one. Is? What can I say? And the sprinkle department, we've got it going on. Apparently. He says he's extremely passionate about sprinkles. Uh, any drop in Couldn't sales tell. yeah, of, uh, of the Bruce could also hurt Meyer's bottom line with or without sprinkles. Each slice goes for 10 pounds, which is about $13. And 75 cents. So it's a pretty big deal. Well, Meyer says uh, Get Baked got the sprinkles from a wholesaler who imports them from the United States. But the West Yorkshire Trading Standards Agency deemed them illegal because they contained a coloring called something I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Well, in the U.S., it's labeled FD&C red number three and is allowed in foods. The BBC reports that it has um, 
It's been linked to hyperactivity in children, as well as a risk of thyroid tumors in animal testing. So make note, the addictive, I guess it's just an additive, is uh, permitted to be used only in a limited range of products in Britain, mainly cocktail cherries, or to decorate eggshells, according to regulations on the UK National Archive site. It's also seen as too risky to be sold directly to consumers. So contraband sprinkles is what they have become. I don't really care for sprinkles. I mean, they don't really add a whole lot for me. I like them on my ice cream. Yeah, I, I don't like them on... Well, I mean, I, I don't dislike them. They're, I'm just indifferent to sprinkles. So this is a controversy I'm not going to weigh in I, I don't think I would import them illegally. Well, you may not know. You know. Yeah, You may not know that you've done so. Keep your ear to the ground. Apparently. Well, a squirrel in Fargo, North Dakota, is really nuts for walnuts. To the point where it collected 42 gallons. Think about that for a moment. 42 gallons of the snack... And stored them in a local man's Chevy Avalanche inside the vehicle. Bill Fisher said he came home from a four-day work trip earlier this month and discovered that his truck was filled with black walnuts, each roughly the size of a lime. So these are very large walnuts. As his Facebook photo showed, the walnuts were tucked into every nook and cranny of the Chevy, including the engine compartment and the fenders. He removed enough to fill seven six-gallon containers, but that wasn't all that were uh, that, that were there. I had to pull the fenders off and clean out to all of the walnuts, and thought I had them all, and took down the uh, took it down the road, turned the corner, and found one rolling down the windshield where the wipers go. He says, "As nutty as this is, um, as it might seem, it's uh, not the first <laughs> nut instead of not. It's not the first time this has happened." Fisher said uh, red squirrels have been using his truck for, to store walnuts for his neighbor's uh, tree every two years. The tree's uh, maturation cycle since 2013, so it's not news to him. I've got other vehicles that sit very close to that tree, and it's always my truck, he says. I've been parked purposely out on the street as far away from it as I can, uh, far away from the walnut tree, and they still go find the avalanche and hide them there. Well, over the years, he says he's learned how to deal with the squirrely behavior. He knows when the walnuts fall off the tree, it's time to check the engine. He's also learned to wait until there are no walnuts left lying under the tree before commencing to clean them up because they'll just have to do it multiple times. The squirrel will sit in the tree, watch me clean up the walnuts, almost like that's mine, buddy, as he's watching me clean up the uh, winter storage. Uh, Still, he wasn't prepared for just how many nuts would be squirreled away this year. The squirrel set a record, he says. Mostly, most I've ever pulled out was four or five six-gallon buckets. This year, it was seven. Well, Fisher had a uh, had to remove the fenders from the truck to extract some of the nuts, which he now is offering to any human who wants them. Much to the chagrin of the squirrel, he'll throw away any that aren't claimed. But the squirrel's cash uh, won't be completely gone. I have some rolling around the frame, he says, rails as well, that I can't get at, he told the local media. So while he's cleaned seven uh, buckets full, seven gallons, or excuse me, 42 gallons full, seven buckets he still has some rolling around in the vehicle. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot of nuts. That, that's, I mean, you'd think that might be an endorsement deal for the car company for their storage capability, too. Well, there you go. If you're traveling, this might be the vehicle for you. Absolutely. Well, the average lifespan for a light pole in the country is around 50 years. You know, you put one up, you expect it to last for 50 years. 
But one pole collapsed 23 years after it was installed on the street in 1997. Well, it mysteriously collapsed in, uh, collapsed rather in Japan months ago, and police say they finally know who or what was to blame. Now, we know that our canine friends are often looking for places to discreetly relieve themselves, and apparently at the bottom, the base of a pole is one such place. Well, the 21-foot pole snapped at its base and was found lying in the bushes of a park, or rather a parking lot in the city of Suzuka in February. There were no apparent issues with the quality or installation of the pole, according to the uh, largest daily news outlet in Japan. The average lifespan, as I mentioned, is at about 50 years, but the pole collapsed after half that. So what caused the steel traffic light to uh, snap? Well, the police department reported in July that forensic scientists detected 40 times more urea at the bottom of the pole compared to the amount found in other nearby poles. Apparently, it was a favorite location. Well, the traffic light was installed along a path that is popular among dog walkers. So authorities said that the highly, um, it is rather highly possible that the combination of, well, the dog's visits and the sodium found in dog's visits <laughs> caused the pole to erode. Officials are now encouraging pet owners to take their dogs Elsewhere, in hopes of preventing this from happening again, the poll has since been replaced, but police have reportedly confirmed dogs have already started marking their territory in the newly installed poll. Now, I would think a little fencing might help. Oddly enough, this is not the first report of dogs using certain areas, causing a poll to erode and snap in Japan. Mystery solved. Hey, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a, another segment to look at the lighter side of the news along with James Blend. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me as we're working our way through some of the lighter side of the news, so stay with us. Well, police helped corral a rooster and a chicken after the victim's violent run-in. What? What are you talking about? Well, he was left bleeding badly from a gash on his hand. Let's start at the beginning. A man in Queens is crying foul after an animal attack on his way to work left him bloodied and concerned for his neighbor's safety. But it wasn't a dog, it wasn't a cat, or even a New York City rat that went after him. His aggressor was a rooster, and they can be vicious. Well, just usually walking to um, head to my bus to go to work, and I felt a peck on my hand, he says. This thing kept coming, so vicious, almost evil. Blood was gushing, and I was trying to apply pressure to it, and it kept charging me. That's a quote from the victim. Well, um, the uh, man's um, foe, feathered foe, if you will, isn't just any ordinary rooster. It has a reputation in the neighborhood. It's a big rooster. It's not one you want to eat. doesn't look like one you want to eat, the neighbor said. The fact that uh, that it's now attacking people is a growing concern. Well, those who live in the area said that the rooster and a group of chickens have been roaming the area around 169th Street in Jamaica for years, terrorizing people. So they formed something of a gang, and the rooster is the leader of the pack. I've heard kids can't ride scooters, you can't walk freely. You've got to be careful now of a rooster, the neighbor said with a laugh. Well, it's hard not to chuckle at the idea that people now have to keep an eye out for an attacking rooster on a New York City street, but anyone who lives in the area says it's no joke. My neighbor got attacked in June, bit her ankle, says one resident. Another neighbor said that the uh, uh, the clucky crew roams around and has chased kids and parents uh, uh, avoid the area with their kids now. Police helped corral the rooster and a chicken 
uh, after this violent run-in Thursday left him bleeding badly from a gash in his hand. A man who answered the door at the home where the neighbor said the rooster and the chickens are kept appeared to claim ownership of the birds, but he was quickly prevented from answering more questions by someone else in the home. Neighbors say they're now more vigilant, watching their backs for the marauding rooster. They roam the streets and residents need to be on the lookout. While hens are legally allowed to be kept in the city, roosters are not. The city's Department of Health wasn't available to respond, but they say that the um, complaint has been filed and it's very likely that the marauding rooster will be moved fairly soon. That is mildly terrifying. I got to be honest, especially having grown up. Uh, for part of my life in Queens, uh, I, you know, never having incurred uh, the wrath of a rooster, thankfully, it it does make me think that uh, you know that I'm I'm in in the midst of a mugging could get attacked by a rooster. <laughs> well, I've just I have now added that to my list of things to be afraid of: dogs, cats, worms. You know, it's and a roosters. long list, and roosters. Well, a 44 year old man who spent the better part of two days in a tree in Queens. Huh? Is there a pattern forming here? has finally come down after repeated attempts by the NYPD hostage negotiators to talk him into climbing down. Well, police responding to a 911 call on Wednesday about a dispute inside a building. Uh, when they arrived, found, well, one of the perpetrators in a tree. They say he was wanted in connection with a past assault, but didn't specify the nature of it. Local news has learned the dispute involves some kind of our mother. But there was no indication that any physical violence uh, was involved at the time of the call. Well, Thomas ran away from the officers and, you guessed it, climbed onto the roof of the home. Emergency crews responded and tried to talk the man down, but he moved into a nearby tree in an effort to avoid officers, police say, and refused to come down. The NYPD's hostage negotiation unit had been on the scene for as much as 48 hours attempting to keep a dialogue and convince the man to come down. Neighbors say he was also he had also managed to get into his house a few times via a window near the same height of the tree. Well, firefighters came by with a ladder truck and tried to get the man to come down, but they say he swung a large stick at them. It wasn't until late in the day. When the man finally scaled down the tree about 5 p.m., moments after police officials left the neighborhood, community leaders initially said he wanted to change before uh, they intended to take him to the hospital for evaluation. You know, you want to be tidy if you're going to have a mental evaluation. A police spokesman told the Associated Press that Mr. Thomas made it to a hospital on Friday and confirmed that the pending criminal matters against him would still need to be resolved. So if you want to buy a little time, climb a tree. Well, emergency crews launched a rescue attempt for what turns out to be, well, a mannequin. Better to call than not, said one spokesperson. Emergency crews in California, not in Queens, by the way, launched a rescue attempt with four wheelers, a drone engine and um, a truck for what turned out to be a mannequin with long flowing hair clinging to the side of a cliff. Santa Barbara County fire officials started receiving calls about someone stranded 30 feet down a cliff just before 4 p.m. on the 4th of October. People passing by the Hope Ranch Beach saw the figure and called for help. What crews ended up finding was a mannequin in a red top on the side of the cliff. It was a mannequin used in a movie shoot days earlier. This led Twitter users to wonder if the movie ended as a cliffhanger. But I'm done. Well, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was it was pretty good, but also pretty bad. Yeah, it was both. 
Well, a man in Bosnia, Herzegovina. Now, you haven't heard those two um, recently. I mean, remember when that was all the rage in the news was what was going on in Bosnia? Anyway, it's not exactly on par with India's Taj Mahal, but a family house in a small town in northern Bosnia is in its own way a monument to love. The house is um, in Serbak, was designed and built by 72-year-old uh, Mr. Cusick. Uh, with a green facade, red metal roof, it can rotate a full circle to satisfy his wife's shifting desires as to what she would like to see when she looks out its windows. After I reached an advanced age, he says, he's 72, and after my children took over the family business, I finally had enough time to task myself with granting my wife her wish to be able to change the position of the rooms in her house whenever she wants to. Well, many years ago when they married, uh, Cusick had built another typical house for himself and his wife in which they raised their three children. At the time, his wife wanted their bedrooms to face the sun, so they did. But this meant their living room faced away from the uh, the road. After a while, he says his wife complained that she couldn't see people entering our front yard. Yes, you can't have everything unless, of course, you're married to Mr. Cusick. I had to tear down the wall between our two bedrooms to turn them into living room and move all electrical installations. It was a very demanding task. It took a lot from me, but I did it because that's what she wanted. Then six years ago, the only uh, one of Cusick's three children not to fly the nest to son got married and his parents decided to let him live in the top floor of the family's home. Well, once again, the the, uh, desire of his wife was to um, have a changing view from their living room or bedroom or any room for that matter. And Mr. Cusick, 72 years old, says the house, the home's front door also rotates. So his wife spots unwanted guests heading our way. She can spin the house and make them turn away. So the house literally 360 degrees on command. It's uh, pretty interesting. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We've got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour. And when we return, the Christian outlook. We'll hear some great conversation about our relationship with China, as well as what it means to submit scripture. All of that coming up after news and traffic on The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 